Hey, this is Keith. Or some actor playing Keith, I'm not really sure anymore. But um, we're coming to the end. The end of my Los Angeles con spree. But before I leave, I have some scores to set and discover a couple truths to be revealed. It's all going to come down to the season finale of Rideshare Episode X. It's going to drop on December 3rd. Now, until then, I want you to catch up by binge listening the first season. And I suggest that you do exactly as I say. Or you're going to miss all the fun. Hey, it's Brent Pope, the host of Breakfast with Brent Pope. You've seen me on some of your favorite TV shows saying things like, give it up, Jimmy. You got to sink this putt to win. On Breakfast with Brent Pope, I sit down with guests from the entertainment world and we do it all over breakfast. Or should I say breakfast? Every week on Breakfast, you get inside Hollywood info and tips, great breakfast wrecks and booty debates. Most of all, you get the most delightful 30 minutes of your week. So dig in. It's Breakfast time. Listen at breakfast.com, Apple Podcasts, or wherever fine podcasts are found. And welcome back to your favorite G.I. Joe podcast show here today with us together as one. <sighs> this is Knowing It's Half the Podcast, and I am Ray Stacanus. I thought you were being cool, man. Like the we did the last episode and you were just totally normal. And I was like, oh, hey, we're finally turned yeah. a corner. This is going to be a decent yep. intro. <laughs> and then here you come with the, the thing. I don't know. <laughs> Who are you? Robert Clark Chan, you know me. You're in my house. <laughs> this Why is you- not for the me. <laughs> this is for the people. This is somebody's first ever time listening to the show. Really? This nope. is the Every episode single they chose episode. to start with? I, yes. I feel like there is something wrong with you, whoever you are, first time listener. <laughs> and who are you? I'm Gina Ippolito. TV's Gina Ippolito. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my goodness. And we are joined by a very special guest today. Uh, returning, uh, he was nice enough to stay and and, and talk about uh, this delightful cartoon. Uh, Neil Ross is with us once again. Hello, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. O.G. Readmore is here once again. Yes, it's a pleasure. That I, That's not the voice, is it? I think that's pretty close. Some, something in that neck of the woods. It's been a while since I've tried to do it. And I've gotten much, much older. <laughs> I, don't, I don't believe that. I don't believe that even for a second. How, uh, how long did you live in uh, uh, the UK or like Britain? Or uh, not very long. Okay. I was two years old when they dragged me kicking and screaming <laughs> to Canada. <clears throat> so that was there, thereby uh, killing any chance I had of being in the Beatles or the Rolling Stones. Uh, uh, and in Canada, what can you do? You know, play the piano for Robert Goulet, I guess. <laughs> so. yeah, yeah, too early or, to be a or, member of Kids in the Hall or Degrassi Junior High. So yeah. or we be, have you know? or be Gordon Lightfoot's roadie. <laughs> <laughs> Here's your guitar, Gordon. Oh, thank you very much. Uh, Neil is, Neil is uh, as you've just heard in the previous week, we, we talked to Neil, and uh, he was, for those of you who didn't listen, first off, shame on you. Like, what are you doing? Uh, why would you not? Like, my goodness. Um, but Neil is the voice of Shipwreck, Dusty, Buzzer, Monkey Wrench Thunder, and I'm, I'm sure a host of others. Neil insists that I'm wrong about that, but I believe I'm always wrong. So if you think I'm right about something, then we must all be wrong. <laughs> but what makes me appropriate here is I was, of course, the voice of O.G. Readmore, which yes. is Readmore. What, what we're going to deal with. That and is correct. Before you get, I'm going to tell you one Please. really interesting thing about this show, and I think it was unique in in that we never rehearsed. Say what now? It's the hmm. only show I ever worked on where there was no rehearsal. Huh. Uh, we would arrive, uh, nosh a bagel, have some coffee. They'd pass the scripts out into the booth, set Wait, levels, they, and go. They didn't even give you the scripts before? No. Like a di- oh, no. Wow. Oh Jeez. <laughs> And it reminded me of a story I heard about Orson Welles that may be apocryphal. When he was doing a lot of radio work in Chicago, at one point he said, I don't want to rehearse. You have to rehearse with a stand-in. He said, I want the plot to be as big a surprise to me as it is the audience. It'll make my performance more believable. I always thought it was because he was too damn lazy to (laughs) rehearse. But maybe there's something to it. Every every OG read more, uh, we... It, we hit it cold. Oh my wow. gosh! And uh, you know, the the cast was so wonderful. Wow! 
that we sometimes got through with no mistakes. I mean, it was like we were live on the radio. Wow. And it goodness. turned out so well. It used to amaze me sometimes. My gosh, this is good. It was so well written. Yeah. 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 You know. well, well, I was I was genuinely surprised. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, Chan sent us, you know, as he does, he sent us an episode and I didn't think anything of it. And then about 30 seconds in, I said, oh, my God, I remember this. And I used to watch it. And I remembered the commercials. But also, cats and reading were my jam. <laughs> still, still are. And and I realized they used to, in the 80s especially, they used to have all these sort of, like, educational cartoons, which they don't really anymore, I guess. Well, they do, but they're all on that channel. What, what I assume PBS is, is the channel. Oh, I mean, I mean, you still always have the same things that have been around for years, like the Sesame Street type things. But I feel like there was this, and 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 they also had, you know, like they just shows aimed at kids to make them find reading fun. And as a huge little little Gina nerd that I was, I appreciated it. <laughs> yeah, they always put those shows on at like six thirty a.m. on Saturday morning before all the really good shows started coming in. What you shut your mouth? <laughs> they always. I remember always seeing the last ten minutes of you know Kid Bits. Uh, uh, if anybody out there remembers the is. Kid Bits, oh boy, it was it. It was I think it was ostensibly a science show. It was live action, and it was it was it was like a pre Bill Nye kind of a show okay. where he had like lessons. But I just remember it because it was this dopey looking dude, God bless him, with uh, with red hair. And I was just like, representation matters. People with red <laughs> hair on my TV. Oh my I will God. watch ten minutes of this before Hammer Man comes on. I mean, I, I will do this every I've single never time. Never heard of this. It sounds vaguely serial killer. It, it may have been only local to like. Uh, Windsor, Ontario, and the Detroit area where I'm from. Okay. Uh, and it might have just been a local thing that was just on those local stations. But as a kid growing up, you don't know that. You assume every show that yeah. you watch is seen by everyone until you <laughs> go around the, go around this big, beautiful country and go, what do you mean you don't have Farmer Jack grocery stores here? Now, what is I, this about? We need to find an episode of Kid Bits now at this Kid point. Bits. I can't even imagine... I. It, the fact that I haven't even considered Kid Bits until this very moment, I don't know what spurred it into my head other than you talking about the educational shows. I can't imagine there's a huge kid. It's going to be as big as Transformers. That's all I'm going to put out there, but I want it to be. But Captain OG Rebar was educational, but you didn't realize it. Like when you're a kid, you don't, you're not watching it thinking like, oh, this is, I'm learning something, but they were doing great works of literature i i didn't even realize that was a show i remember the commercials okay and yes i was on board with cats and reading so <laughs> great but uh uh yeah like how how did you get the role because the original it was the commercials first and then the uh the yeah. show, right really yeah i all i found out about it all later essentially what happened was my agent called me one day and said, well, you may as well go in and read for this OG read more. Everybody else has. <laughs> Your agent is not good for morale. <laughs> so I flounced in and came up with this voice that was sort of a, a, a vague ripoff of Ronald Coleman, if anybody remembers oh. him. And, uh, British accent and a little bit of a grit in it, and oh yes, and quite enthusiastic, and uh, got the part. Then I find out after that that apparently Frank Welker had been doing it. At least he was on the commercials. Mm -hmm. But apparently, for whatever reason, they had decided to to replace him, and I felt terrible. Yeah, you don't want to be the guy who takes the job <laughs> from the guy. Well. <laughs> I mean, you still want the job. Though. I mean, if it, you know, and I, I ran into Frank, and I we talked, and and he's a lovely guy. I don't know if you've ever interacted with him. No, not personally. He is he is so insanely talented. If anybody yeah. has a right to be have an attitude uh -huh. or be arrogant, it would be Frank. But he's not. He's the nicest, sweetest, uh, humblest guy. And he said, "Don't give it a second thought. Don't worry about it." I, you know, I'm not upset. You didn't do anything wrong. Well, also okay. in the fact that uh, 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 that conversation you had with him, he booked three more things. Yeah. <laughs> it probably softened the blow a little bit. Yeah. He's, he was crying all the way to the bank. And, uh, <laughs> so, yeah, that's how that came to be. That makes a lot of sense. How yeah. often did you uh, get to, like, read with a full cast? Because isn't it usually just, like, you're in the booth alone? Mm, no, in those days, they tried to have the full cast okay. for every show. It's completely different now. But yeah. back then, no, they wanted everybody there. And wow. There weren't that many of us. I think it was just four or five people. Yeah, I think I remember five people in the credits. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was a everything. relatively small cast. 
But th- this show honestly surprised me because I would came, I came into it sort of expecting it to be one thing, and mm-hmm. then it kind of gave me something else. But what they gave me was what I actually wanted and wasn't expected. <laughs> yeah, which is that's the best. That's Did the sweet spot. Did you go in expecting right it there. to be terrible? I went in expecting it to be a little uh, uh, because it, it has the visage of a educational show, of a reading show. Ray, don't want books. no education. I prefer <laughs> real mad at education. Yeah, dumb. <laughs> but I came in and said, well, uh, "You're gonna, you're gonna like." Make a story for me. Boy, uh, okay, here we go. Let's do Jekyll and Hyde at least is a story I'm somewhat familiar with and I really enjoy. I like, and, and I have questions about the original Jekyll and Hyde story now based on seeing this that I hope can get answered as well. Well, the formula for the show was the same as, as I recall every episode. Essentially, yeah. they would take a real book, but then OG would somehow magically be sent into the book. Zapped uh-huh. in. And he would screw everything up. Uh-huh. And somehow it would resolve itself at the end. But sort of the message for the kids was, enjoy this, but be aware that this book we're talking about actually exists. And you could go to the library, check it out, and read it for yourself. And of course, OG, read more. Mm -hmm. It had it had a quasi public service uh, flair to it, and, yeah. yeah, and that was all the rage of the '80s too. Yeah. Is is mixing in at least the the idea of educational shows. I mean, that's yeah. why every episode of GI Joe, uh, you know, had the PSA at the end of it, so they could say, "See, we taught a kid how to deal with a bloody nose." Yeah, there we go. You know, the funny thing is, people joke about those PSAs, and we did too, of course. Sure. <laughs> but we do these conventions, and I'm not exaggerating. Some guy, you know in his 40s he'll kind of sidle up to the booth and he'll say you know i had a really terrible childhood and they'll start telling about this and it's like oh my god he says the only real moral instruction i ever got was those psas on that gi joe show and i watched that and i said i want to be like duke i don't want to be like my dad and so i joined the military they all have different stories but it's like we changed lives, yeah. and we had no idea this was going on. It was like something they were just doing to, I, I guess, to, to get the pressure groups off their backs, because mm-hmm. f- we're we're quote unquote glorifying war. Sure. And so, but, but it, it it turned out that they they had a tremendous effect on certain people. I mean, I've heard stories. I'm almost crying. Oh, wow. By the time they get through it. It just shows you the connection that the yeah, show and, yeah. and your yeah. performances had on everybody when they were yeah. younger, too. Yeah. So, you know, they, they see it like that. You know, and yeah. I think, and to be fair, that's exactly what Ronald Reagan wanted. <laughs> was, was exactly all, that to happen. It's all part of my master plan. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, so to continue the episode, we, we, we launched our OG Read More, and one of the questions I had about these characters are, are they, are they very poor? Because No, this is their book club. Because uh, OG Read More has gloves that are missing fingertips. <laughs> First of all, they're, ca- they're cats and they're meeting in an alley. Yes. Uh, and cats don't normally wear clothes, which means that even if they have tattered clothes, they're still rich as hell. Still yeah. You, you can't well, snob. I was confused about this because I thought, oh, this is kind of has a veneer of sadness because they're all poor and they have to just read discarded literature in an alley no. to, to entertain them. But then at the end of it, O.G. Readmore's like, okay, everybody go to your respective houses. Yeah, they, they weren't homeless. I think this you're is... overthinking. I, I, oh, this is what I will be overthinking all of it. And that is... Um, that is my de- my mommy told me it's okay. <laughs> also, hot lady cat was she had she okay. had expensive makeup on. Hot lady cat. Wait a minute, <laughs> she had makeup on. Wasn't she wearing makeup? How do you put makeup on a cat? I don't know. Uh, Chan, That's you're the, you're gonna find out an cats. hour after we record. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hold still. Let's get on there. <laughs> Um, so so we're going to read the story, and they're trying to figure out which book they're going to read. And so the little mm-hmm. kid there says, I'm very scared. Let's do a comedy and not a scary story. So immediately everybody's like, hey, let's do a scary story. <laughs> to heck with what this kid thinks. So they come up with Jekyll and Hyde, and okay, let's go ahead and do it. And boom, uh, one of the characters gets zapped on in, and then O.G. Readmore gets zapped right in. And this, yeah. is the, this is the conceit of the show. Wordsy gets zapped in first, Wordsy. and then O.G. Readmore gets zapped in. I mean, that makes a lot of sense to me. Uh, so we all of a sudden have now changed clothes, and now they're all wearing the classiest duds of all. Mm-hmm. And they're at uh, Mr. Uh, Dr. Jekyll's house, and they keep referring to O.G. Readmore as Mr. Utterson. Mr. Mm-hmm. Utterson, the lawyer. So Wordsy becomes Dr. Jekyll, and then and th- then O.G. Readmore is his lawyer. Yes. Mm-hmm. 
And I, I actually appreciated the uh, the lab setup itself because it actually opened itself up sort of like you would expect in a, a, a single camera sitcom of the 1980s in that it wasn't just like one particular piece of lab equipment and like one table, but it, the whole room opens up to have, you know, a little dining area as well. I was, I was looking kitchen, at the backgrounds a, a lot in this one. I, yeah. I appreciated it. I appreciated the extra work that went into this. I felt like all of a sudden I was walking into a, a denizen lair from the game Skyrim because I walked in there and I'm just like, oh, my gosh, look at all the knickknacks everywhere. Very specific I, I want to take all of them. <laughs> Very specific <laughs> poll, right? Uh, listen, the three people who got it were really, really <laughs> into it. Um, okay, so, and this is and this is where I think the story is, and, and I'm going to, guys, you're all smarter than I am. And True. so the, the idea of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Now, I think I got it, and I just want to make sure I'm, I'm reading it correctly, because, Neil, to what you said, I'm probably overthinking it, but maybe that's a good thing oh, here. Oh, man, have you, you've never seen any of the movies? No. What is wrong with no, you? I've, I've read the Marvel. You never comics. even saw the the weird uh, 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 Julia Roberts one about oh. the ma- about his maid about Doctor Jekyll's maid. Pretty Woman. <laughs> yeah, it was Pretty Woman. <laughs> no, it was uh, sure. Aaron Brockovich. Yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure. Uh, I, I think League of Extraordinary Gentlemen had a Jekyll and Hyde character, maybe. Yes, that's okay, correct. That's yeah. all I've seen. Um, so, is the idea here of the original story is that he is a nebbish doctor who drinks this magic potion that may or may not be copious amounts of alcohol and then suddenly realizes he's a super fun guy who everybody <laughs> tells to stop freaking drinking. Is, uh, that, is, that the, is that the general idea of the story? Is that he, he thinks when he's drunk, he's fun, and, no. and he's not? No. no. Okay. Because <laughs> that's what I got out of it. Maybe that says more about me than it does anything else. I, I think this, is, this isn't one of the... the um, Robert Louis Stevenson wasn't part of the Mary Shelley crew no. that, that had that no. contest mm. that was going on, right? I don't uh, think so. Okay, because it, it was very much in sort of the same vein of, of the, the... It's about the inner monster in people, basically. Okay. That's that's the underlying theme. But but he does, you know, just, just like in the cartoon, at some point he can no longer control it, control the transformation, and the monster takes what is over. He try- I've forgotten what he was originally trying to do, Dr. Jekyll. <sighs> that's a, yeah, that's a good uh, question. He was, trying to, uh, uh, he, he was trying to find a way to get out the... Uh, um, his inner it was something about his inner self but yeah uh, are we talking about the novel or are we talking about this or no, the, no, the novel no no the novel okay. itself but i but i also can't remember what exactly specifically it but was. it goes wrong and this what is unleashed is essentially his uh, unbridled id yeah mm-hmm. and he starts uh, i think murdering people yes, and, yes. oh goodness yeah. now that didn't happen in this episode no. of OG no, no my actually my favorite part about this was because because the book is very is very dark the most it's very sweet that that this dr jekyll wants to do this because he really loves musicals and he <laughs> wants true. to be able to sing. be fun and he wants to be able to sing and the first sort of evil deed that he does is just throw someone's cabbages and, well, he ruined an entire cabbage stand. Which yeah, which, I, I mean, it's not the nicest thing in the world, but he thought he was having fun. I mean, okay. he, he, he was definitely having a blast. And I guess maybe this is because who ha- which of us hasn't had a drunken bender that ends in throwing cabbage all over the well. place, right? I mean, we've all been to Ralph's. At <laughs> Real quick morning. background. Robert Louis Stevenson wrote this, like the first draft of this book, yeah. in a few days. Oh, wow. Then he burned it. And restarted from scratch, rewrote the whole thing in about a week. And is this his process? That's crazy. I think that's the only one he did it with. But I can't imagine that it didn't amount. Uh, it didn't involve just just piles and piles of cocaine. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and yeah, yeah. Like uh, this story, the story <laughs> that is in the OG Readmore episode, feels very much like someone trying to tell a story about. An asshole LA guy on cocaine <laughs> in the eighties and trying to and, and then telling the story to children. This is what happens if you become a huge Corvette driving asshole doing cocaine in Los Angeles. He does it all tracks. One of the things that he says is he wants to be fun at parties. That's yes. what he, oh, boy. And then he stops taking it and just and just can't live with himself not on cocaine. So then he goes and has more of it. And turns into the guy. It was a different kind of lesson that they were teaching. <laughs> I had no idea what a hip show I was in. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, it's I wish entirely- I'd known back then. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, have, I'd have done a much better job. The writer had some things to get out of his system. I think I mean, that's fair. Before but- moving back to Omaha. 
And and so the police show up because he has ruined the market. He ruined a tomato stand, a cabbage stand, and the, and so he takes the he drinks the potion again, and he turns back into Doctor Jekyll. And the police come over, and these are not very good police. I'm going to start here. These yeah. these these are not the yeah. finest of London, uh, London. Yeah. At all. Can we get a sample on what their excuse is when they're like, "Have you seen this guy?" <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> uh, we are we are bouncing around. You're bouncing around. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, right. my father always observed that uh, in English uh, shows, when the cops arrive, they, they always say the same thing. It's, now then, what's going on here? <laughs> oh, what's all this then? Or what's all this what's then? All this That's then? a good it's the Monty and, Python line it, I always remember. That's in, all. <laughs> in the American movies, the cops walk in, put their hands on their hips and go, Say! <laughs> <laughs> um, all of this is uh, uh, very accurate uh, to my ex- yeah. ex- uh, experiences with all police, and that's what they always say to me. <laughs> I'm Inspector Newcomen of Scotland Yard. Now, where might oh, I this find this, Mister Hyde? I'll have to question him. No, and they're very calm. They come in, and despite the fact he just ran into this alley, and they say, you know, we're looking for a guy named Mister Hyde. And and he and Doctor Jekyll says, "Well, he's a friend of mine. Uh-huh. I don't. Know, I mean, I know him, but I am not him. Obviously, ha 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 ha." And to be fair, this isn't the dumbest cop because the dude does not look anything like the guy who threw the cabbages. So that's true. That's true. Oh, and OG Readmore spends the entire episode trying to control, uh, uh. Mr. Hyde, who's Dr. Jekyll, who's wordsy. There's a lot of layers. There's a lot of layers. This, this is a deep onion. Uh, so let's now we get to the problematic section of the episode where we go to the music hall. And Mr. Yeah. Hyde, okay, a couple of things happening here. Uh, Mr. <laughs> Hyde, he takes the potion again. He's like, I'm going to enjoy this this music hall. I, I'm, I, essentially, I love music. He, that's why he wants to turn in the first place. He that's just fine. really likes music. He's a big fan of uh, uh, the music man and West Side Story. He says he's a great singer. I beg to differ. I mean... <laughs> When again, this is where I thought the drunk thing came in because we've all felt we were good singers when that's, we were drunk accurate, before. Accurate, accurate. But yeah, he 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 goes into a musical and this woman keeps trying to sing, and he becomes that obnoxious guy that won't let her sing. Well, this is the part that okay, because he's sitting up in the balcony, very very close to the stage, and she keeps trying to sing. London Bridge is falling down. Public domain. Public baby. domain. Yeah. I noticed. Yes, <laughs> we weren't trying to do anything else. I believe or, Olivia Heathpote. I, I, Heathcote? I think so. Very I wrote confused by Heath this. Pope at first, then I kept hearing Pote. And I'm like, I've never heard of that name before. <laughs> no. <laughs> that's fine. I wrote Heathcote, then I was like, I don't think that was correct at all, but that's fine. And so she keeps starting to sing, and he just keeps like making small noises. I don't think he's really interrupting. I think she needs to develop a thicker skin here and just perform she the show. She should have just plowed through. Yeah, you got to just plow through Any, and get to the end of the song. Anyone who's ever done musical theater will know you just plow through if there's a heckler. Yeah. And, and he wasn't but he even doesn't really think he's heckling. heckling. He he thinks he's enjoying it. He's having a great time. He thinks now, she's enjoying it, and he's enjoying. And it. this is where I think her mistake came in. Was she she stops the show three times and she goes back and sings some more. So she's telling him he's in control of the show as opposed to her oh, being in control of the show. Victim blame. Ray. I'm going to victim blame here <laughs> only to that point because then he jumps on stage and abducts her. So that's that's not, true. I mean that's, that's true, but but at first he tries to do a duet. Can we can we hear a little bit of the oh, duet? Yes, please. Let's show them what talent is all about. London Bridge is falling down. London Bridge is falling down, my fair lady. <laughs> I appreciate it. I, here's the I was entertained by that. Whatever, <laughs> whatever audience of London, I've seen what makes you cheer. He's I don't know. It up. It's a genre mashup. I, love I don't it. know. It was... the, the best line I wrote specifically, the best line in this entire episode is, I'm Mr. Hyde, a fun person. A fun per- I was literally, <laughs> that was my next thing I was about to mention. Well, I, no, Neil, I don't know. When you go to public events, do you often introduce yourself, say, hi, I'm Neil Ross. I'm a fun person. <laughs> Not lately. Not lately. I mean, that's fair. Um, <clears throat> that's exactly what Mr. Hyde does in this particular episode. It's a episode, nice breaker. And I love him for it. I think yeah. I'm going to start using it, to be honest with you. I think this works. Who do we know any of these other actors? Have they done? I didn't recognize any actors? of the other names. I don't know if you suppose have any stories of the uh, the cast of this just off the top of your head. No, they, well, they were they were all wonderful. Uh, yeah. uh, the guy who's playing uh, 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 Doctor or Mister Hyde was Hal Smith, mm-hmm. 
who uh, did a lot of on-camera stuff. I think he was in the Andy Griffith show. Oh, cool. But he was also a very prolific voice actor, and he does a wonderful job in this. And then Hearing this now, you can tell that this is a guy who's done some stuff. You know? Yeah, oh, yeah. And then we had uh, 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 Stan, jo- not Stan Jones. Gosh. Yeah, I think it's Stan Jones. Is it, it Stan Jones? That's what he's okay. listening yeah, yeah. It's, it, He was another really, really, everybody was, was excellent. Lucille Bliss. Yeah. They're all gone now, sadly. And then I, th- even though he's not credited, because I, I looked it up on IMDb, but I think uh, uh, Wordsy is is being played by Will Ryan, who's still around. And he, now, I don't recognize that name, but I feel like I should. Yeah, he was in GI Joe. Okay, and uh, I think Transformers. And, yeah, he yeah. did a he did a good job. He was ve- he a very they both did a good job actually. The the switch from very nervous Nebushi to. Uh, uh, the fun guy at the party. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate that he, he ends the duet and the audience is saying, boo, bad job. And everybody else in the entire universe is telling him, you are terrible. Please stop. Yeah. And his response is, they love me. Yeah. He will not be told otherwise. I've been there. I've he's been a, there before. He's a fun guy and everyone loves him and so he kidnaps a woman. So he kidnaps that's, her. That's why I connected with this as like... Because you've uh, abducted women? <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? As as um like think the the writer is either like mad at a cokehead uh, <laughs> who's who ran off with his girlfriend like his be- is that what's happening? like his terrible roommate or yeah like the director or something that uh, he's having to write stuff for uh, or just like an introvert who has to deal with the the party <laughs> animal like the guy at the party who's just being loud and uh, but then everybody loves him and he's like oh. I'm gonna get you someday. I'll get you some, I'm not. I'm gonna write I'm, an OG. <laughs> write a real mean ABC Weekend an special. OG read more episode about you. Wow. <laughs> I'm just thinking like this. This really demonstrates why maybe that character shouldn't really act out at parties and just let other people do that because this is when fruit stands get destroyed. Yeah. Women get abducted. Well, he graduated from cabbage jumping to kidnapping women and locking them in his in his dungeon very quickly. Yeah, real quick. There was no. There was nothing so, in between. So destroying cabbage is a gateway drug to abduction, is what I, I hear guess. You I uh, guess. Also, though, no consequences for him. So no. I don't know how uh, great a lesson you're telling. <laughs> well, can no consequences. We'll get there at the very end. Uh, his ultimate fate, because it is dire. Well, I, what ends up happening to him at the end of this episode? So spoiler what, alert, Neil was OG OG Readmore's thing is the is the tap dancing cha 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 thing that mm-hmm. he does. Is that did he do that in every episode? Yes, yes, he did. Oh, that, that's when I, they sprung I on me. It. I said, "You want what?" <laughs> And I don't think I ever really rose to the occasion. I did my best. Oh, did you, I, did you do the tap dance like there when you recorded it, or was it purely? I mean, you're talking about the body English. How, how the, far the, did you go the, with the it? little the little noise I made? I don't know what I did. I'm into it. I I like it. I like it, especially because he at some point he is so so. Mr. Hyde kidnaps the woman. This this opera singer. Brings her to his dungeon and says, "We're gonna get married." She's super into it. She's clearly not into She's it. Locked in a dungeon. And then, oh, and then he says, "Oh, marry us, OG Readmore." And then OG says to the woman, "I'll, I'll don't worry. I'll get you out of this. I'll. Get, this will be the signal. The signal and then for the you signal to stop." Is him tap dancing yeah. and doing that? I mean, longest <laughs> signal in. Yeah. in it's a twenty-five minute signal um, and, and subtle too. Super <laughs> subtle. Now that we've heard the live version, I kind of feel obligated. Now we kind of have oh, to yeah. hear the one we from the show. To, right? We have right. to hear That's... it. We have to hear it. When I give you this signal. You stole the sediment. <laughs> they should have stuck with Frank. <laughs> he could have done that. He could have done that. How was it written? Do you remember how it was? How they told you? That no, they wanted that? no, I don't. I, 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 I'm just picturing they just hand you the page cold. And you're like, it says. What the f is this? Or it's, you know, tap dancing, right? All right, do that with your mouth. Go. That's pretty much the way it was. I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Um, okay, so he's going, he says, you know, to stall. We're going to stop this wedding right here. Great. So he has a great idea to try to get Miss Dr. Jekyll back on the scene. He goes, not, he says, doesn't say you need her permission for this wedding. You need Dr. Jekyll's permission for this wedding, which which is mildly upsetting. It's a good point. I actually found myself thinking about this this a little bit too much, where if you if there's someone with a split personality, do they both have to agree to marry someone? <laughs> 
Or just it, when they're in the one personality, they're married, and then the rest of the time, they're free as a bird. Oh, yeah. Hold, hold on. Is this a question that you have actually had to consider in your real life? Because <laughs> You never know uh, what's going to happen in my future, Chan. <laughs> you don't know who I'm going to meet. I mean, honestly, I'm thinking of some of your past boyfriends. I'm like, that's a reasonable yeah. guess that, yeah, that would have some, happened already. Sometimes a nice guy, sometimes a coked up psychopath. <laughs> that explains my dating history well. <laughs> So this is why you identified with this cocaine-infused Jekyll and Hyde episode so much. It's you know, a little too I, real. I feel like I liked I feel like I liked Mr. Hyde a little bit more than Chan oh boy. did. Chan clearly liked Dr. Jekyll. I kind of find Mr. Hyde amusing. We learned a lot about Gina today, everybody. So uh, we're excited for that. Um, okay, so we come over here to the police. Now this is great. The police show up at the door, and we find out that now Jekyll and Hyde he can change at will whenever he wants to. And sure, Jekyll's like, um, let's go for it. Why not? And the police show up at the door and they knock on the door. They slam on the door and and then they open up the door and the police say, hey, we're looking for Mr. Hyde. Uh, you said you're his friend. Maybe you have some knowledge for us. And he he pulls, I'm going to say, he pulls some white people stuff. He just says, closes the door. He doesn't even really answer the question. Hmm. He just closes he the door and the, the police door. somehow are fine. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> well no, he shut the door. No, I don't know what we're supposed to do. Here's the thing. These are British police. It's true. They're very so polite. So they're not going to, they're not going to, they're very polite. <laughs> it just struck me that in other scenarios and situations, not answering the police and simply slamming the door on them would not end so well for someone. <laughs> yeah. That's just me. <laughs> so we go to the cellar, we get the lady and it's time for the ceremony. Ooh, so now it's time for, and, and I, can we hear it a second time for the new spot, Chan? Because now this is my new everything is hearing this bit. <laughs> oh, yeah. Take these people, uh, this person, Eddie, to be your wedded husband. <laughs> and she says, I feel faint. I mean, correctly. Uh-huh. And then he says, oh, uh, you know, this is a good bit. And she goes, no, no, I literally am feeling faint right now. And I enjoyed that bit. I thought that was funny. I went with it. And uh, she ends up drinking the potion and turns into a, a cartoon witch. She looks a lot like uh, um, the, what's the Looney Tunes? Witch Hazel. Yeah. Witch Hazel. Yeah. I mean, her she, name is Calypso. Calypso LaRose. LaRose, yeah. yes. Yeah. Thank you. And so now these two are going to get married. I'm into it at this point. I, I like that these freaky weirdos have found each other. <laughs> I question the legality of this whole thing, of that you it's know. two people with split personalities and they're both in their off personality with uh, 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 with OG Readmore is not... An, uh, and, mean, and this is a plot point brought up later that made me so happy. He is not an actual justice of the peace who can marry people. But also they're cats marrying a human, so I feel like... <laughs> so, all on the table is what you're saying. Which, again, I like, but... <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay, fair enough. So this is, at this point, the police storm in, and they say, we're cutting an end to this. Oh, we found you, Mr. Hyde. Here we are. All we had to do was wait for 10 more minutes to allow a marriage ceremony to happen. Then we storm in and we grab Mr. Hyde. Excellent. But then instead of doing any of the above, they say, well, what a beautiful sacrament of marriage is in front of us. Yeah. Is this legal, OG Readmore? Why, no, it is not. (laughs) Then we're arresting you somehow. But I, I, because I, I was curious how they were going to wrap this up in in two minutes. It was. I look. I look down at the counter because I'm. I thought the same thing, and I found out there were two minutes and thirty five seconds left in the episode. I say, boy, we better wrap this up yeah, quick. But at some point, the writer said, "Fuck it, let's bring in Robert Louis Stevenson." <laughs> no. And I'm glad he did. No. I- Anytime you have serious problems with your script, you go meta, you bring in the, the, uh, this, this is, this is what I learned from my years getting an English degree in postmodern literature. <laughs> you just bring in the author. You're fine. Yeah. You're he, fine. he fully comes in and says, well, this isn't what I thought this story was going to be. <laughs> I love this bit because this is pure deus ex machina because uh, to what you guys just said is, is the writing all of a sudden gets you to a point. You're like, wow, it's exciting. We keep building. We keep heightening. We keep taking this further and further. And now we're about as far as we can go. And we have two minutes left in the show. Yeah. There better be a cheap way to get out of this whole thing. Just bring in uh, RLS as I call him. Uh-huh. Cause you're on a, you're on a friendly me, basis. Me and RLS, we hang sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and so immediately he writes out Calypso, says, you're not even a character in this book, and writes her out. I thought that was hilarious. Uh-huh. And then uh, Dr. Jekyll, he ends up writing out Dr. Jekyll, and then he ends up, in, at which point O.G. Readmore says, well, we're not even supposed to be in your book. We got zapped in here. If you just write us out of the book, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and 
this is maybe the point where there would be some arguing back and forth. This would be a point. But instead, he just goes, okay. Yeah. And he just kicks him right out of the book because we're out of time, everybody. And I can't recall, Neil, maybe you know this. I don't. Is this how they ended everyone? Did they bring in the the author? No, I don't point? think so. Or they just no. found different ways. To... Yeah, they found different ways. So- something would happen and I would be poofed back into... Uh... <laughs> Wherever I came from. Yeah. So did you have any specific inspiration? Because this is basically the end of the episode. We end up back at the, the alleyway where we read the books. Everybody, time unfreezes. Oh, but Wordsy's brain is broken. Wordsy's brain is broken, <laughs> so everything is fine. It's yeah. back to normal. He can't. He's, he has now um, now three people's worth of... Three people in his head now. And he's, call me Eddie. <laughs> That's true. He is a little messed up from this experience. Yeah, oh, he's totally messed up. But I mean, when you sit down and you think of OG Readmore, and you said a little bit to this point earlier, but was there any specific, you know, your shipwreck reference, uh, as far as inspiration goes, mm-hmm. was so dynamic and so specific. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, was this, and maybe even any other ones, maybe have such a deep backstory to them? No, but as I said, uh, I, there was a little bit of Ronald Coleman, but yeah. you're not familiar with him. He... Uh, I, I will be soon, though, because yeah, <laughs> I'm looking this up. He was an English actor, and uh, I'm trying to think of, of what he did. The, the, I'm mostly familiar with him. He he, <laughs> yeah. he he appeared on the Jack Benny show quite a bit. Okay. Yeah. And um, with his wife, Benita. <laughs> Benita, darling, will you? And, oh, that horrible Mr. Benny is coming over again. <laughs> can't, we, can't we tell him we're not in? You know, this kind of thing. <laughs> See, I thought, like, just hearing the voice, and I kind of was taken to, like, the streets of Oliver, and maybe that's mm-hmm. why I thought they were living in such abject poverty, oh, is I had a very, like, artful dodger quality to this yeah, particular voice yeah, I see where that I sort of that. identified with yeah. and, and appreciated, you know, for that. Yeah. You know. Um... And that's the episode of OG Readmore, everybody. Uh, and I will say right now that uh, uh, coming into it, like I said, when you expect something educational, at least for me at least, I expect it to be snooty in a certain way. God damn and it, this Ray. was very approachable and fun, and I appreciated that. I will say that... I hate learning is what I'm <laughs> yeah, trying we, to say. We know, we know. <laughs> when I was watching it, I was thinking like, what, what? okay, because yeah, I, I haven't read uh, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde either, so I'm not entirely sure like which part of the plot they actually took. And, you know, like, uh, so I was like, what are they expecting for kids to do? They don't know. They probably haven't read it yet, so they don't know the story. And like, and so I've got to go to Wikipedia to look it up and figure it out. And I was like, oh, that's what they want. Is they want <laughs> kids to go like, oh, that's yeah. pretty interesting. I'll go and find out what the real deal is. Like, you worked on a freaking 45-year-old man. Yeah. Well played. They the tricked you pro- into learning. The only problem is back then there was no Wikipedia. That's well, true. but you could get the book. So. You had go to, to go, the go to their local library. You gotta go to the library and say, yeah. excuse me, uh, Miss Librarian, or Mr., as the case may be. You go to the card catalog, Ray. You go to you the, the Dewey Decimal the nice System. Library. I don't think so. You when ask you're a somebody. Kid, when you're a kid, you go to the librarian. No. Yes, you totally. Not. When you when you go to your they they enjoy it. They're bored most of the time. I go to Wikipedia now because I used to go to the card <laughs> catalog as a kid. As little interaction with the other humans as possible. No, they and they enjoy it. This is a marked difference, Gina, between us and Chan. <laughs> is he 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 avoided the social interaction as much as possible, <laughs> and we avoided reading things on cards as much as possible. I, I mean, it, it, don't compare me to you, okay? We're I was I was literate person. when I was little. I was not. But thankfully, that didn't last up until moving forward. <laughs> but yeah, I, this is, this is, I, this totally worked and would have worked on, on little Gina. That's why I appreciate this cartoon. Don't you mean huge little Gina? <laughs> Uh, what are the? I'm curious. What are the other uh, books that they did on these episodes? Because there were only five or six uh, episodes, right? Am I uh, incorrect in that? There were yeah, not. Uh, Chicken Little, Puss in Boots, Red Riding Hood, Red Riding Hood, Jack yeah. and the Beanstalk. Okay, so they hit all the classics. This just happens. I, to be I the do really feel like this one. one was probably the most adult one, which yeah. maybe it was like around Halloween time or something. I don't know. Don't recall, but yeah, most mo- most of the books we covered were. Probably books more appropriate for younger children. Sure. How this one snuck in, I don't know. <laughs> and uh, be sure to tune in next uh, episode when I when I end up in the middle of Lolita. <laughs> <laughs> well, that'll certainly be fun. Catbert, Catbert. 
Thought I'm into it. Yeah. Now oh, I feel like gosh. that's that's a thing that now someone would make for an internet video. They would make OG read more visits Lolita, <laughs> like a par- a parody, a two minute parody. Now I'm just picturing like a Photoshop contest where now it's like what are the most inappropriate books that OG read more could go into? I'm Portnoy's complaint, perhaps. <laughs> Get him on in there. Um, you know, Lolita is a fantastic poll yeah. for this. Uh, you know, Mind Kampf. <laughs> Gina, always just going straight too, for the Nazis. Too far? Oh, too far? Gina, I mean, we weren't good, but you took it much worse somehow. Yes, it's uh, OG Readmore in Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. <laughs> now, which of, the, which of these pills did you want me to take? <laughs> oh, I'll take them all. <laughs> oh, hell with it. I'll just take a whole handful. <laughs> I want to pitch this to, to like, AOK or something. We have a friend who does who does these sort of parody videos for a YouTube channel of mostly 90s and 80s cartoons, and this would make a perfect one. Heck yeah. <laughs> uh, I love this idea, and I am fully on board for it. I so mean, uh, we're, we're, we we're, can get we can get the original. We can get them to hire the original OG yeah, Reed. We're, we're just looking to try to get you network. Well, here That's, I am in the tropic of cancer, boys and girls. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what Henry Miller would have wanted. I think <laughs> where he saw his work ending up eventually. <laughs> oh my goodness gracious! Well, I Neil, you've it. got a book, uh, a vocal recall, and the people at home. In case you didn't hear all about it last time, let's let's talk about it a little bit more. Uh, I'd love to do that. Yeah, well, you can go to. For, I'll say it right now. I'll get the boring part out of the way. Uh, you can go to neilbook.com, where you're going to have links to the Amazons and all the other places mm-hmm. that you can order it. Mm-hmm. And if you're a member of our Patreon, we're going to be giving one of those away. In fact. Uh, I would say if we actually recorded this uh, a week by week, I would say right now, based on last week's statement, who won? But that's all a podcast lie. We recorded these right after each other. Spoiler alert. Don't but, you have a time machine? I mean, I'm working on it. All right, well, but someone will busy. be winning the book. That's correct. That's mm. correct. And there might be more than one. Someone will have already have one. Someone will be willing the will OG read more book. What? Yeah, I'll go with that. That's fine. Doesn't have to make sense to me. I just assume it's smart. Uh, but let's talk about the book, please. Uh, 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 you know, share, share some things. Make make the sell. Well, it's <laughs> it's titled "Vocal Recall: A Life in Radio and Voiceovers," and it's basically the story of my career. How at uh, the tender age of I don't know five, six, seven, I used to listen to the radio a lot and found myself endlessly fascinated by the voices and accents that I heard coming out of the radio. And began to try to reproduce them in the uh, privacy of my room. Uh, my father referred to it as talking to myself. But <laughs> little did he know I was preparing for a long and lucrative career. I didn't either. You know, it was just some, it was just fun. Some people build model airplanes, and I did silly voices. And and I would say right now, one brought uh, a lot more into the world than the other. Take that model airplane, people. Yes, your day in the sun is over. I'm coming for you. You were just doing it to get your hands on the glue. We know that. <laughs> Look, I can neither confirm nor deny any of the above. <laughs> yeah. Did you ever hear that Lenny Bruce bit? It's, it's just the kid kid coming in the store. He's, yeah, nice store you got here, Mr. Schechner. I'll take a big boy tablet and a pencil and uh, 5,000 tubes of airplane glue. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, how the hell we got there, I don't know. <laughs> then you, a lot of as, show, as yeah. the book proceeds, you will read about how I suddenly was seduced by the demon uh, music of rock and roll, <laughs> which led me to listening to music radio and eventually deciding to become a disc jockey because I had absolutely no musical talent, so I couldn't get in a band. And then uh, how, as the years rolled by, I began to become fascinated by the voices that I heard in the national radio commercials and the national television commercials and the people who were doing the voices in the cartoon shows that I would see and the people who were narrating the documentaries that I saw. And I began to wonder, who are these people? And I, one day, because it was a very well-kept secret back then, nobody knew that the voiceover business existed. We were were almost like Foley artists, you know. Now people know who Foley artists are, but back in the old days, Mm -hmm. people had no idea that 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 existed. Voiceover was like that. Nobody knew what was going on. It was this little cottage industry of a relative handful of people. 
And once I discovered that it existed, I I just said, I got to move heaven and earth to get into this business because it's almost like somebody invented the perfect job for me. I can't think of any other job in the world where I can use more of whatever little gifts that I have. (laughs) And so it's, uh, you read about the struggle that I had to get into the business. And then once I got in, the things that happened to me, and if you are a a fan of 80s animation, if you enjoyed G.I. Joe or Transformers or Voltron, which I was in, or uh, Spider-Man and his amazing friends, I was the Green Goblin on that show. I talk about the shows, the directors, the actors, some of the crazy things that happened at sessions. And That is so funny to me because we just literally, like a couple of weeks ago, did an episode for the first time of Spider-Man and his amazing friends. Mm. After Christy was on. Right? After we did a Christy Marks written episode after we had her on the show to talk to uh. us. Um uh, which was great. But now we have to go back and now watch a Green Goblin episode oh, yeah. so we can get caught up with that now. Yeah. Eventually, this is going to morph from a G.I. Joe podcast into a Spider-Man and his Amazing Friends <laughs> podcast, I assume. Um, and the book the book rolls along until we sort of reach this thunderous climax where in the year 2003, I was uh, co-announcer on the Academy Awards telecast. Oh. And they take you behind the scenes and tell you what it's like to be a part of arguably the biggest show on earth wow that's awesome so who's your biggest influence like in the voice acting world hmm that's interesting i tell you that there was a guy that i loved uh, when i was a kid and i i don't have anywhere near the voice that he had there were uh, there were two guys there was a guy that uh, named uh, alexander scorby who who narrated a lot of documentaries in the 50s and 60s and uh, i just thought he was wonderful and uh i still do and then i was a huge fan of william conrad who uh who had this prolific radio career and probably the biggest part he had he played matt Dillon on the radio version of gunsmoke my goodness. Oh, wow. And uh, I remember when the television version of Gunsmoke came on, I was very disappointed because uh, Matt didn't sound like Matt. Yeah. I mean, there was nothing wrong with James Arness's voice, but Bill Conrad had this. I, I can't even reproduce what he did. Uh-huh. Pe- people may be familiar with him. He eventually ended up on camera. He, he was in two shows. He was in one uh, show called Canon where he was a detective, and then he was in a show called Jake and the Fat Man. That's just, the one. Yeah. That's the one I knew. I knew I knew, I knew, I knew who that was. That's just, the show Just before from. he died. But uh, he, he was, uh, uh, you know, I just, I don't. Oh, and you also, if you watch the old Rocky and Bullwinkle show, he was the announcer. Oh, Absolutely. But he yeah, pitched yeah. his voice up into the stratosphere. Rocky and Bullwinkle, go over here and do this, and then they do that. Well, it was, you know, he, he yeah. showed up for the session, and Jay Ward said, I don't want all that deep crap you do. I want you to go high. <laughs> Okay, sure. Why would you like hire Jenna Jameson and go like, yeah. show me your acting chops? Just, just no, no. Put on a just a big robe. Don't want to see you at all. Just, yeah. just show me emote. Yeah. Emote. Do a scene from the Glass Menagerie. <laughs> <clears throat> so yeah, and uh, yeah, those were two of the two of the biggies. That's fantastic. Awesome. Very cool. Yeah, so we'll we'll put some information on our Facebook page, on our Twitter, about where you can find the book. We'll put more information. There's already information, you guys. We're about to put a whole lot more. We're going to put more information. <laughs> information is your friend, despite what Ray thinks. Look, learning is bad, but knowing <laughs> things is very good. It's at least half that? of this thing that we're doing right now. <laughs> oh, yeah. Knowing <laughs> something. I forget the rest of it. And that's our show, everybody. <laughs> Neil, thank you so much for being a part of this and, oh, and, and braving the North Hollywood s- storm of 2020 that's Which going on right kind now. Of, kind of fizzled out, didn't it? Yeah. yeah. It's it's one of those slow rolling storms. It's just kind of always be there in the background, yeah. but never quite be bad enough. I believe. A stormette. Yeah. A stormette. I'll yeah. take it. But anyway, thank you so much for having me. Oh, I, it's, it's I've pl- really enjoyed it. It's a pleasure wow. to have you here. We just appreciate you taking some time out, and and you did the shipwreck voice. Yeah, and and, and um, that was you could have literally just punched me in the face and walked out the door at that point. I would have been already happy. So, <laughs> well, I'm glad you enjoyed it, matey. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I love it all. So um, obviously go to uh, neilbook.com and uh, if you enjoy the social medias, he only uh, Neil only has Facebook. So mm-hmm. 
that allows you to decide who gets to get to the inner circle. And I think there is some some joy in that, I would say. Uh, otherwise, you can hit us up on our social media. You can go to facebook.com slash knowing is half the podcast or patreon.com slash knowing is half the podcast where you can get access to our super secret vault as well as uh, what Discord chats and uh, all the episodes. And, and you can suggest episodes at a certain point. And we gave away uh, copies of Neil's book. Uh, Vocal Recall. I don't know if we've talked about that. I will mention it again. Vocal Recall. It's a delightful book. Um, I've read, and thank you for sending over some of the uh, the, the digital version because mm-hmm. I definitely read through a whole lot of that before having you here today, mainly because I really, really wanted to. <laughs> so thank you for that. I look wow. forward to checking well, out the Well, thanks for reading it. I appreciate yeah, it. Oh my gosh. You know, it's, uh, it was it was my joy. <laughs> so thank you for writing it, I suppose I would just say. Uh, otherwise, you can hit us up on Twitter. We are an GI, at G.I. Joe Podcast. Or individually, I'm at Almighty Ray. At 999 RPMs. I'm at Gina Ippy. And we will check you out next week um, with probably just the three of us talking about Deke episodes of G.I. Joe, everybody. Chan, yeah, get excited. We know you're excited for it. Uh, until this whole coronavirus thing passes, we're not going to have any more guests. <laughs> We're just gonna Chance paranoid. Lock ourselves in and and, uh, and watch endless hours of Deke GI Joe. Yep. I was wondering what the, that giant bar on the door was. Yeah, yeah. So we're now we're, you have to decide which is now. worse: dying of coronavirus or watching the Deke episodes of GI Joe. You don't have anything that you want to promote, don't you? Have something? We can talk about the Who Would Win show, I guess. I mean, what is something else I want to talk about? I don't know. I guess I thought you had a video game or something. Oh yeah, well you could if you play. If you, why not? <laughs> uh, a game I worked on, Call of Duty: Modern Warfare, uh, just released a, a mode called Warzone. I don't work on that game anymore, but oh, I did whoops. sort of work on that. <laughs> it's free. You don't even need to buy Call of Duty to play it. Just have a console or a, a computer, and you could play a battle royale game with 150 players on a really big map. And I worked sort of on that, I guess. Not really. I, don't a little know. Bit. I didn't mean to pimp you into something. No, it, it came out. It's a big thing. It just came out the day we record this to date when we record this. Normally you end with what, what you want to promote. So yeah. I thought you, you... Just listen to the Who Would Win show. It's pretty good. Chan <laughs> has been on it recently. Oh, I thought you were going to ask me to like give you some recommendation for it. What's your favorite episode of Who Would Win, Chan? The ones that I'm on? I don't know. <laughs> there you go. Anyway, guys, uh, thank you so much. And we're done. So bye. Do you ever find yourself thinking about who would win in a fight between Goku and Superman? Hi, I'm James Gavsey, and on the Who Would Win show, me and my co-host Ray ignore anything important happening in the outside world and debate fictional battles between characters from comics, movies, and video games. We got a new show every week, and almost always, am I the winner? (laughs) Yeah, not true, Ray. In the past, we've discussed such matches as Captain America versus Darth Vader, Solid Snake versus the Iron Giant, classic matchups like RoboCop versus Terminator, and even the Muppets versus Sesame Street. That one was crazy. So if you're a fan of geek culture and love a spirited debate, check out the Who Would Win Show wherever you get your podcasts or check us out at whowouldwinshow.com.